0: All things
1: NFL. Now here's your hosts, Woot and Why. Welcome back to another episode of the Woot and Why show. I'm Josh Woot with Josh Why. Hey man? man, how you going?
2: Ah, pretty good. Busy week. Busy week it's indeed. Crazy. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks. Yep. So uh, look forward to uh, spending some time with you, mate. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Some, some, just the two of us, just the two of us. What have you been up to? Uh, just hammering through the Olympics. That's, that's really like hampered our preparation for the season, I think, because it's just so much sport how going I on. do I consider it? Hey. It's, yeah, it is. They could have done it in June, but no, August Please Come on. But it's been fun. Like I've enjoyed watching the Olympics. Uh, I was talking with some of the guys at work about that pentathlon, how the Australian mm-hmm. girl won. What a weird sport. Yeah, I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I feel like it was invented on the set of, like, The Mask of Zorro, because that's the only instance where I think you'd have a horse, a sword, and a gun. Like, that's
1: what I thought of. You know when they talk about, and, um, like... Great movie, by the way. They talk in points, like, there's a point tally when... And um, there was one when the... I'm not sure if it was the pentathlon, the decathlon, whatever. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm really happy with 8,700, and, like... Like what? what? I have no idea what they're talking but about. But how do
2: you come home as a kid and go, "Mom, I want to do the what was it? Pentathlon. I want to ride a
1: horse, shoot a laser gun, and and fence." That's the same as um, cross country skiing. <laughs> yeah. So you're skiing and skiing and you know you all around the mountains, then you stop and fire a gun at targets. Yeah. That has no. <laughs> It's ridiculous
2: because <laughs> like, normal sports are, are too boring. I so, know, we gotta, so we have got to
1: mix like five of them together. We have to add a gun. But it was just—it was just. I bet was you fun that was an American though. idea.
2: It probably was. And then the equestrian—you don't even take your own horse. You get picked a horse at random. So like, how is that even? Like, if you get a bung horse, you could be the best athlete in the world. But if your horse doesn't want to jump over the jumps, you screw it.
1: Yeah. So how how is that fair at all? Yeah, I don't get it. Anyway.
2: I uh, don't But know. Usain Bolt I think's on my uh on my Mount Rushmore now
1: of like all time favourite athletes. <laughs> he's definitely on my Mount Rushmore of favourite Sprinters. sprinters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he missed, yeah. he missed the cut <laughs> on that one. <laughs>
2: but no, he's a he's a freak. Is there a more universally loved athlete? That
1: is a good question. Because every like football, basketball, everyone like every team has like an enemy fan base. Yeah. Not many people exactly hate Usain. There's a lot of lovers of Michael Jordan, but there's a lot of haters in Michael Jordan. Yeah. And okay. Then, there's not many... By the way, Michael but... Jordan, the most recognisable face in the entire world. Yeah, because of the crying Jordan. That's, no, no, no. That's, that's his legacy. That's, I swear to... <laughs> Look it up. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Michael Jordan, the most recognisable face. There More than Jesus. Wow. There you go. Yeah, but
2: Jesus, can Jesus do a mean jump shot? I don't think you can, so we'll wait and see. But nope. I just I think there's no one... More universally loved than Usain Bolt right now, and that's cool. He's a he's an incredible athlete. Speaking of people that are loved, Marshawn Lynch. Um, I wish I kept one of our drops from Lynch on here. I don't know if I, I have it, but uh, he is a guy. I'm just here so I
1: don't get fined. Yes, I wonder if that's why he's here.
2: Yeah, if we it's... go and see him at Bondi Junction um, at Rebel Sport on Thursday night, he's here for the Sydney Cup, which um, it's been a big week for that. Um, we have a preview podcast coming up soon. We just spoke to Connor Latourne from uh, San Francisco Did Chronicle. Say he didn't correct me I on it. I think you it. butchered
1: it. It's definitely Latourneau or Latourn. He didn't o. correct me on it. or Latourno It's not Latourne. Yeah. See, if someone called me Josh so Hawaii,
2: I correct them on it.
1: Yeah, but that's how you know he's a good dude. Because he didn't correct it? Yeah. Yeah. But we that only. shows but, you how shallow and bad we are. Yeah, that's be true. Because we'd be like, Ooh, shut up. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's yeah, Woot and Why. Yeah, but
2: we're always. Not Woot and but, why But we are. That's, that's that's what we are.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're very unlikable, unlikable but that's why we savages, get... and that's why we have our two listeners. Yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> yes,
2: and that's why we always have. Hey, um, that's why we always get guests on because it balances out the crap that we produce. So it's it is good, but Marshall, and Lynch By the way, is in it doesn't Sydney, just so balance it out. It it overrides it, 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 it <laughs> completely, <laughs> slams it to their side. It overrides it. So we uh, we appreciate it, but yeah, it's um it's been a big week for us, and it's going to be a big season for us. So we have a whole heap of. Uh, episodes coming up next week where we preview the season, and um, this is a time for us to announce that we've uh, partnered up with William Hill this year as our official
1: betting sponsor and provider. No, sorry, that's that's a it's not the betting sponsor. It's just um, a local baker who also goes by the <laughs> same name, <laughs> William. William Hill Bakery. Yeah, try try the try the finger. Your, buds.
2: Uh, yes, your maker of fresh wholemeal bread. Yes, no white bread. That's it. No, um, but, yeah. William
1: Hill, the betting company. That's so, right.
2: Every week now we, we do we did the lines last uh last week. So this uh, last week. Last year we did the lines every week and we're the gonna Betting do lines. It. Yes, and we did that uh, yes. No Rick James going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Moss, what are you doing here? Um but no it's <laughs> we are You we mate. yeah we're doing you the wish. betting we're doing the betting lines every week and William Hill are gonna provide the odds to us and uh we also have a lock of the week sponsored by william hill so that's the upcoming show so you'll hear that uh probably on tuesday or monday of the first week of the season we're going to bring our week one nfl lines up uh for you so that's so we're um, we
1: going with uh, a podcast lock a white lock a josh lock
2: there's a Wooten and lock of the week and it's just i give a lock and then you give a lock nice and together it's the Wooten White lock of the week so you can multi it if you want possibly see how you go um and we'll have some uh previews about mvp season betting um player props all that sort of stuff coming for you next week but uh upcoming on today's show we're going to talk some nfl news and then we have ben cummins on from fantasy footballers rotoviz and and two two quarterbacks another good website for people that play in two quarterback leads to talk about some uh, fantasy takeaways from the preseason but let's get straight into it
1: This week in NFL news.
2: <laughs> Colts signed quarterback... Quarterback. 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 Did I stutter? Well, we're three words in. Good pre- preseason for me. Good. I'm in me. I'm in mid-season form with my lack of um, grammar and mm-hmm. syntax and stuttering. Colts signed cornerback Antonio Cromartie today to a one-year deal as cornerback Fonte Davis has ligament damage in his ankle and is expected to miss at least the first month of the season. I'm not...
1: Friggin' happy. Uh, I'm one... not beep friggin' happy. Yes. <laughs> uh, nice. The Good work d- of the bleep button yeah, there. Yeah, I'm doing really well today.
2: Uh, Davis, easily the Colts' best defensive player. Easily. Uh, one of the best cover corners in the NFL when healthy, and now he's out. We've signed 32-year-old Antonio Cromartie, who was terrible. I'm not so trying Colts... to be as
1: smart mm-hmm, here. Yeah. What's another defensive player on the Colts? Another one?
2: Yeah. Uh, Robert Mathis, but again, yeah, very right. old.
1: He's still playing.
2: Uh, another guy that I like Freeman? Jerrell Freeman's gone to the Bears. That's he right. was our next best defensive See, that's, player. That's what I'm, I'm trying we to do. That's, that's it. We don't.
1: Bjorn Werner, cause gone, gone, but terrible. That, I just used to remember him because he was a bust, and it was just like, yeah, it's just, I don't know who it's plays for everywhere. Them.
2: Patrick Robinson it's, is a corner we signed. There you go from the
1: Chargers. But he's not a
2: best player. Henry Anderson is a guy we drafted last year. He, he, he cleared, um, he's physical today off the pup list. That's that's really good. But we have an okay defensive line. But Kendall Langford's out injured. Arthur Jones is suspended. But we don't have any pass rushes, and our and our secondary is a mess. So um, that's interesting because Philly and Colts play this week.
1: In yeah, the there we go. So Sam go.
2: Bradford's gonna look like a genius. Oh, so we we'll Are we gonna have a burger bed on the preseason? Are we yeah. that bad? Are we that bad of a genuine? That is correct. The Colts, Antonio Cromartie's there now. Wasn't wasn't good at all last year. But look, they've got to try something. They need someone opposite Cromartie to keep Darius Butler in the slot where he's where he works. His best. If you put Darius Butler outside, it's not going to be good at all. But in saying that, Antonio Cromartie might not be good at all either. So, um, my 32 years old. Yeah, my takeaway is women of Indianapolis, be careful. Because Cromartie is notorious. Uh, what's he got, like 17 children? I wonder if any of these kids could play corner. We might
1: be all right, but... Man, he can't help. He's a sweet talker. Yeah, and he falls in love easily. Yeah,
2: you know, he's a nice guy. But this this cult... I talk about it later on in the show with, with Ben Cummins. Um, I just... I'm really worried about this defense now. We're going to have to drop back and, and pass and win games. You know, you know, throw up 50 times a game to win 48-45. It's going to be like that Kansas City Chiefs playoff game every game this season. Yeah. All right, let's move on. The Bills defensive tackle Marcel Darius. He's suspended for four weeks, but he's also decided that he's going to enter rehab. He said, I feel this is the best decision for me, my family, and my teammates as I move forward with my career. I appreciate the support of my teammates and the Bills organization throughout this process. The Bills also issued a statement in support of Marcel. So it's unsure whether he'll be playing in week five, but he's definitely out for the first four weeks of the suspension. But this is a if he's not playing week five and and for the you know, we don't know what his status is for the season, considering the Bills defense that's lost Manny Lawson, Shaq Lawson, Reggie Raglan. They had to sign Corey Beeman just to get some sort of pass rusher. Without Marcel Darius, all you've got left is sort of Kyle Williams and Jerry Hughes. This defense has taken a big hit. It was no, it was a strength of theirs. I'm sure Rob Ryan will get the best out of them. Yeah, he's always done that throughout his career. That Rob Ryan, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right.
1: Ryan, yeah, yeah no, that's their <laughs> the front seven. I feel I do feel sorry for them because uh, originally they were looking they were looking like. An intimidating force.
2: It was, and we said that after the draft, like Shaq Lawson, Reggie Ragland, great picks, but there was health concerns. So you took the risk; it hasn't paid off in terms of the rookie season. But I feel like it could be a bad year for the Bills. Rex gets fired, and then suddenly whoever is their next coach next year is going to have a healthy Shaq Lawson, healthy Reggie Ragland, Tyrod Taylor. Like I feel like it could be a betting. Will Rob year for
1: Ryan the... follow Rex wherever he goes, or does he just somehow find his way to another defensive coordinator position? Depends if um, Rex will, you know. Visit a uh,
2: drive-through on his way out because if, if he doesn't, I think Rob Ryan would follow him. He is a majestic mm-hmm. big man. Oh boy! But obviously for Darius, the things are more important than football and getting the help that he needs in the rehab is fine. Obviously we've got to look at it from a football perspective, but um, getting his head and life head screwed on straight and his life back in order is obviously um, paramount importance. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. The Bills—they love a good headline this month. They just re- released Carlos Williams and then he he just went unclaimed on waivers and he's, and he's now an unstricted free agent um, he's about 30 pounds overweight and failed to show the bills that he's passionate about continuing his career so we we'll have to uh, wait and see what team will be willing to take the punt on Carlos Williams looking at some teams who do you think would benefit from possibly getting a, a Carlos Williams in their building if he can um, you know get it on get it all together. Get it, on. Get it on. Um
1: oh, he's already got it on, that's why he put yeah. on the weight I mean, his if, he, wife is if he is thirty pounds and is looking a bit chubby, maybe he could back up Eddie Lacey in Green Bay. Oh <laughs> Jesus. Look, no. Oh, hot, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't the whole um, the weight thing is an issue to me. I mean, I know he was, it's he says he was snacking and stuff like that, but yep. when you when you know, reports come out that he's not passionate. He's not. Doesn't seem yeah. like interested in things like that. That's, That's a risk. Yeah. Teams just don't want to take. They don't want to have to waste a roster spot, waste caring about someone that their heart's not necessarily in it. But I'm not going to list teams because I don't think any team wants a player that has that mentality and looks like that. At least, at least Eddie Lacy, you know, has tries. Yeah, he shows that he wants to lose weight. The guy just loves eating. Yeah, and he can't help it. <laughs> And as someone that also loves leading, really, I respect really, that. I respect and he's really,
2: that. really good. That's not... Eddie Lacey. Yeah. Carlos Williams is pretty good last year. I know, he but... He showed a lot. But it's... Yeah, you're right. For me, the passion thing is, is huge. I, I couldn't agree more with yeah. you. Just looking at some teams, for me, like Carolina, obviously need a backup behind Jonathan Stewart and possibly the Colts behind... Frank Gore, but as you said, I can't see either of those organizations taking it, especially the Colts. Josh Robinson, the backup. At
1: Josh, Ferguson. Josh Ferguson. Josh Robinson was our backup last year. That's Very true. similar,
2: undrafted free agent, same exact same thing. Go. But two is not good. Um, I no,
1: got my Colts game because I got no idea what's nah, going on. Over it's, there. It's, it's like five players I know. I think yeah,
2: there's not. It's not a good, not a good roster. No, I know the offense, defense. What? It's um defense is a mess. But look it. It um you know the Colts wouldn't take a chance on an overweight running back like that considering all the chances they've had with Trent Richardson's weight and then the Carolina Panthers never take a guy that has any commitment issues at all and that's that's the way they operate but I just think that's if just he can ways. if he can get it together and, and lose that weight and, and show something he could be an okay backup for a team moving forward P ninety X P not get on it um after returning to full practice on Monday Colin Kaepernick declared his previously dead arm back to normal. Um, he confirms got that he's a live
1: arm. We've got right? a live arm.
2: Got a live arm over here. Oh god, you don't
1: want to say that in you know in the states, but uh, he obviously Especially someone that's got you know the amount of ink <laughs> on oh, him that Kaepernick that's does. That's probably why it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's weighed down from ink. <laughs> Just, yeah, they use lead-based. <laughs> <laughs> oh <God. laughs> all right. Oh! So, anyway, all right. I'll finish it. Yeah. The Sacramento Bee confirms that Ka- Kaepernick. Is quote on track to get some playing time in this week's weekend's game. third exhibition can, game? Can he
2: push for a starting spot, or do you think it's Gabbett's now? I think I still think Kaepernick
1: should be. We love Gabbett, but I think Kaepernick should be. Yeah, we do. We four, do love the real American for Chip Kelly's offense. I just want to see it in full flow like, because he's he still hasn't had it yet. I want to see what it, the, his offense is like. With the option with a fast quarterback, who's got Gabbard's legs. fast though. All right, Gabbard recorded the fastest time by a quarterback last year. Let's put them next to
2: each other in a race. Yeah. Obviously, Kaepernick were going to win, Cap's but going to eat him. Gabbard's not bad. It's not like you're throwing <sighs> duck legs, Peyton Manning out there. You, you're throwing Gabbard, who's sneaky athletic I want to see Chip Kelly unleash the full American.
1: American.
2: Let's move on to another quarterback battle and. Uh, Mike Cleese confirms Mark Sanchez has fallen behind Trevor Simeon in the Broncos' quarterback battle and is now in danger of losing his backup job to Paxton Lynch. So basically, the battle is Simeon versus Sanchez. We we talk about this later on with Ben, um, but thoughts on Trevor Simeon through two preseason games from what you've seen in in limited in limited snaps. To be honest, I'm more I've been more impressed with uh, Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not. We're not saying start Lynch week one, but I think they always expected Lynch maybe to come in. Later on in the season, but I think he might be ready sooner than later if they have to well, do it. I
1: think he has to be more ready now. I still think I think they have a better opportunity to win with him than Simeon. I think he yep. has all the athletic traits to kind of learn and adapt as he. I as think he, he looks like he looks like a learn on the job kind of guy. Yeah, I
2: feel like yeah, like he'll make mistakes, but he'll learn so much from them. Yeah, I, I, and I feel I want to see him take snaps with the ones. Like I know Simeon just announced that uh, I know. Kubiak just announced Simeon will start on the preseason game against the Rams, the third one. I'd love to see Lynch thrown out there. I know it's amongst that Rams defense and and into the wolves, but I really want to see how he handles it because to me, it looks like a guy that it doesn't really, he can handle that sort of stuff. I think he'd be okay. But I think, like if you said a month ago, you know you may have to start pax and Lynch week seven or whatnot, but maybe if it if it is week two or three, I think he's coming along a lot quicker than they expected so it's it's probably good news for Denver because um he's picking it up quite well and he's he shows he's shown some athleticism like he's sneaky quick. I feel so bad for sanchez <laughs> he seems he's a he's a nice guy like he really he, is. he seems like a nice dude, but it's just and he seems genuine too i do i agree with you where do you think he could go? No. Uh, boy, I don't know. There's no more quarterback needy team than like Denver, right? Mm. It's I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to him in Indianapolis, given the play of Scott. Because it's backup, yeah, yeah. Given the play of Scott Tolzien over the last week or so, like I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, we'll wait and see how that pans out, but yeah, he. I reckon they'll keep him, but look, if you, you carry three quarterbacks, I just if you're Denver, given given their their roster construction, I think you would. You'd be smart to do that. All right, uh, let's move on. The Bucks' second-round pick, Roberto Aguayo, admits his confidence is shaken a little bit after missing two f- field goals and an extra point through two preseason games. So um, he never missed a, a field goal attempt under 40 yards in college, but missed from 32 and 49 so far. And um, he's seeking outside help, convers- conversing with longtime NFL kicker Ryan Longwell. So... To
1: just to try and get his head right. It's such a it's such a mental game, kicking. It's this you're is rolling, insane. You're rolling your eyes. No, it's just insane, because like I know how he seemed like a really safe kicker. Like I know it's not exactly a safe choice trading up. What they did to go into the second round to draft a kicker. Yep. They could have drafted him in, you know, round, round six. Yeah, and still. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but um. And I thought he was a sneaky option in um, fantasy too, because yeah. I think the Bucks can get down there, and they don't necessarily. I mean, I know they have some big wide receivers, but with the tight end situation there, I thought you know they might they might struggle in the red zone a little bit. But yeah. they could they could have had like Gottsus in the second round. Yeah, but but they could have got anyone. In. They could know, have got Yannick I Nagogway. Mean, yeah, and I know, another of, pass course, rusher, of course, of yeah. course. But I'm saying like Sheldon Day, we could be cheering on Gottsus at the Bucks at the moment. Yeah, but they drafted this kicker who's missed three yeah. kicks yeah. in yeah. two preseason games. It's crazy. Two field goals and extra points. So yeah, three kicks. But I, I feel sorry for
2: him. I don't... I, I feel like the pressure has been applied to him from... And it's not his fault. It's not, it's not his fault that the Bucks decided to stupidly do that. And now he's just going to be always the quarterback that was taking... Uh, the kicker that was taken in the second round that will never live up to expectations. Because no matter how good of a kicker he is, he'll never live up to that value. Never. What,
1: he's I, up against it from day one. Okay, well, what's his name? Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah, he was a round first round pick. Was he? Did he live up to it? Never. Still hasn't. <laughs> you can get this. He's not even the best kicker in the division. Like that in itself is amazing. That there could be a first round draft back pick in two thousand. Yeah. that wouldn't happen in today's NFL. Yep. Ever. Yep. Um, oh, never. But that only happened
2: sixteen years ago.
1: Yeah. So, but like, what do you need to do to? The- I don't know. It's such a mental game to justify your draft pick you as a kicker. He
2: hasn't. He hasn't justified it. Like he's been a great kicker, but he's nowhere. Wasn't near. he
1: holding it? Does he still hold the the record for the longest kick?
2: Uh, no, because mile high, the altitude up there has pushed it. It pushed it back. So yeah. um, Janikowski was lucky that when he got picked in 2000, you didn't have this this social media like just savage. Yeah. Um, just, no one
1: hears everyone going, "Oh, what the hell!" Everyone's yeah. just like. No, no one's saying this. Uh, the yeah.
2: newspapers said this. Like, it was just before all of this. So, I, like, I feel for aguire a little bit, but you've got to make them kicks. Like, you you, you need to get that head screwed on. Yeah, for all, for
1: all the um sympathy we're throwing your way, mate, you got to make those kicks. But he's got to. He, he,
2: that's the only way you can turn it around is to start nailing some kicks and getting your confidence back up. So, I think he can do that. You mentioned Adam Gottsis. The Broncos signed defensive line Henry Melton, formerly of the Bucks. He was uh, one of the the top interior pass rushers in Chicago. So, it sort of plateaued out the last few seasons but still offers some something and you gotta think given the coaching staff in Denver will be a, quite a nice addition to that defensive line. Um Wade Phillips and and, and the co there. So it doesn't affect Adam Gotsis too much. It's more uh depth inside. So I still think you'll see Gotsis play at left end. And Gotsis is better. Gotsis this and um he he played well again. Um a little bit early on, got pushed around a little bit by Brandon Thomas, the the guard out of Clemson, but um, started to turn it around a little bit and made a couple of tackles and a fumble recovery last week. Played played quite well. Um, you mentioned him possibly, you know, we could have been talking about him at the Bucs. Thank thankfully, he's in Denver, where I think he can he's learn in the best, and blossom. Yeah, absolutely. Like he'd be a much, he's going to be a much better player because of where he is. Such a big unit. He is. All every right.
1: time you see, every time you see him, I know where, uh, I know where like. Over um, analyzing everything he does, but just how cool is it it's having Adam seg- Gotsis uh, in Denver? It's awesome. Every every week now, it's just going to be a segment where we just talks about how big Adam is Two weeks in a row, it's how big in, is, is he? It's insane. The guy looks ridiculous. And it's a unit. I was going to say, I don't know. A now, why isn't Channel Seven just showing every Broncos game? <laughs> yeah. Well. It doesn't make sense that they
2: show all of Jared Hayne and you had to suffer through 49ers games, but defending Super Bowl champions and Adam Gotsis will play a lot more snaps, nothing.
1: Heaps more. Yeah. I mean, of course, he's not going to... Oh, he might intercept it and run away. That's Imagine the that. dream. Imagine that. That's the dream. I would go nuts. <laughs> all
2: right, uh, moving on. The Boston Herald reports, Dion Lewis will be out for t- eight to ten weeks with another knee surgery. Um, again, we talk about this in a little bit more depth, a little bit later, but... And then they also... There's reports that Sebastian Vollmer might be on injured reserve with a hip injury. So pretty devastating news to the Patriots. Thoughts on
1: those two injuries for them? Um, It's brutal, especially... But it's a team that really does emphasize the next man up approach. Yeah, So it's kind of just they downplay it as much as Dion Lewis's um, absence was felt last year.
2: Yeah, but I feel like, and you, you talk about James White in the next segment, we've given a lot of spoilers, um, but I feel like he stepped in and was really productive in the last six weeks. In Like, obviously doesn't have that, um, you know, make a defender miss ability that Dion Lewis had. That was something special, and so many teams missed on that, which was crazy in itself. But I think James White's still comparable and can move the sticks for them. Obviously, Deion Lewis, though, is a game-breaker. He can break a game wide open. And, and Volmer now, you've got to have to rely on Marcus Cannon and... Relying on Marcus Cannon um, when you're a Super Bowl contender is never a good thing. He got absolutely destroyed in the AFC Championship game. So, um, if Volmer is out for the season, it's still on the reports. There's some other reports conflicting, saying that he might just be on pop? So, I think if you know there is that IR boomerang, so you can bring someone back. So,
1: there are some uh, there are some free agent old school tackles out there still on yeah. the on the market. But Will they, Will Beattie's still out there? So. Um, <laughs>
2: They, that's true and they drafted um, a guard Joe Thurney who's playing quite well as well so they can probably kick someone outside if they have to like they
1: have options and it doesn't matter well, who well, plays look how everyone was worried and they were like oh my god here comes um, Ryan Stork Trey Jackson those yeah. guys and they're just like uh oh and then they were getting pummeled for a bit and then Start, they just they'll gelled be they so much
2: they'll be so much
1: better in you two and they're gonna I be I do think t- James Wild like, he doesn't have that same make you miss ability that Lewis does but James Wild will be fine <laughs>
2: All right, joining us on the line is Ben Cummins. You can follow him on Twitter at bencumminsff. He's a contributor at Two Quarterbacks, the Fantasy Footballers, Roto and Roto Underworld. So he's he's getting around a bit. Um, it's like our <laughs> old mate Neil Dutton, who's uh seems to have his pulse on everything as well. Welcome to the Woot and Why Show, Ben Cummins.
0: Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm trying to spread it around a little bit, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you guys inviting me on and. Uh, it's it's cool like I was telling you before to talk to some guys in Australia about football and uh, it's even cooler that we have actual games to talk about and analyze rather than just uh, kind of guessing with the offseason so
2: yeah and it's ready
0: to talk about some players
2: absolutely and you know before the preseason starts you've just got to trust how beat writers and reporters analyze what they're seeing on the field because the coaches are just going to give you normal coach talk and then Obviously, some beat riders are more reliable than others, so it is always tough to digest the information. So, now that we've actually got uh, football to talk about, we're going to jump straight into it. So, basically, we're each uh, I've got some fantasy winners and losers uh, so far through the preseason. Obviously, it is only preseason football, the scores are irrelevant, but obviously, you see traits from players and, and form from players. And and you can also see situations unfolding. So some people are, are benefiting from certain situations and other people aren't. So, Ben, why don't you kick us off? Who's been your uh, your uh, winner so far through the preseason?
0: Yeah, so with the preseason, as you guys are probably doing the same, I'm really looking to see who's on the field and who's going to be getting those snaps and get that opportunity. So the first player I want to talk about is Virgil Green. Whoa. Um I'm, I'm try i'm i'm touting this i just wrote a, a article on playerprofiler.com about him and i'm a Broncos fan so i'm really trying to drive the bandwagon but uh he this is a guy that really had no adp average draft position at all right because he was stuck in a perceived timeshare with 2015 third round pick jeff Hoerman. uh but after a lot of offseason buzz and a couple of preseason games where we've kind of been able to to see it with our own eyes it really looks like Virgil green is going to be the starter at denver and you have owen daniels who's now out of denver and who has basically been a gary kubiak guy his entire career he actually was the tight end one in market share in nine of the last 10 seasons Uh, with Gary Kubiak because he was with him in Houston he followed him to Baltimore and then he followed him to Denver so now that he's out of the picture uh, these these snaps and these opportunities are up for grabs and I think Virgil Green's going to be able to take advantage if you go to playerprofiler.com you can see that he's a sneaky athlete uh, and pretty much a a better all-around prospect than Jeff Hoerman. Hoorman's a guy that's coming back from a torn ACL last season he missed the entire year. And with the Broncos' mediocre quarterback play that's sure to happen, they're going to want to run the ball more. That's what Kubiak's kind of known for anyways. And it's it's uh, become pretty clear to me that they value Virgil Green's blocking ability highly, yeah. which means he's going to be on the field. And, again, with the quarterback play being mediocre, they're, uh, I think Virgil Green's going to be a safety blanket for whoever's playing quarterback. Um, so he's going to get those opportunities. Uh, the second preseason game just happened and I kind of took a look at just the snaps that Trevor Simeon had because he was the the starter for that game. Yep. So I kind of looked at it as the quote-unquote the, uh, the starting offense. Jeff Huberman was hurt. He didn't even play in this game. Virgil Green played 21 of the 26 offensive snaps with Simeon at quarterback. Uh, and then he even stayed in and played with Sanchez and he made catches with both quarterbacks and he, he just, he looks pretty good. So I think this is a guy that you can get for free. Um, people are starting to catch on a little bit, but somebody that's going to be out there and, and could surprise some people.
1: I'm not going to, I'm going to go with a little bit of a bigger name. Uh, Des Bryant is my, uh, winner along with just fantasy owners in general. Um, I, When Dez got injured last season, I traded for him when he was at his lowest point and uh, hoped that he would come good. But he never really did, especially with the with the Romo injury as well. But this this season, I thought I didn't I wasn't going to draft him at all. the whole the whole foot thing scared me. The whole Romo thing scares me. There's just so many question marks about who can stay healthy and if they were gonna, you know, yep. all bounce back and be healthy. And Des, is, Des has shown that you know all all seems well at the moment. Um, even if he is unhappy with his Madden rating at the moment, yes. um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so along along with Des just looking healthier, I think. There was a lot um, of concern whether or not Romo would be, you know, if Romo was going to get hurt again, that kind of thing. But now that we've seen Dak Prescott play really well, I think... That kind of alleviates some of the concerns. Yeah. So we've seen Des healthy, and Absolutely. we don't we don't have to be worried about the whole the whole Romo injury because we we've seen that Prescott can just step straight in behind you know the, chin, yeah. the great China yeah and even if he doesn't yeah, even if he doesn't play as good
2: as he does in the preseason you can, even if you get some mild regression from Prescott you're still gonna get it's
1: still a huge upgrade over what they had last year exactly so you you yeah it's just much more it's just a, a much safer pick now seeing um, Dak Prescott behind that line that and that the offense can still operate and that Des yep.
2: Des looks good he was so aggressive to the ball as well he just he just attacks it every time I agree with you uh, I'm going with the Broncos offense, so that's why I didn't comment on Virgil Green because I didn't want to overlap <laughs> you um, because you mentioned Travis Simeon and you mentioned you know mediocre quarterback play, but I think maybe it's not as mediocre as we thought. Uh, That's what my takeaway is. And um, look, Mark Sanchez, we we talked at the top of the show, is in danger of losing his roster spot because the battle now seems to be Simeon v. Lynch. But Paxton Lynch showed that he has the tools to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, especially in Kubiak's system. I think that suits him to a T. And that was always the talk coming out of the draft was that he was the perfect quarterback for Kubiak's system. And I think he's picked up the offense quicker than everyone thought because he played in such a simple offense in Memphis. So I think he... Is a much better guy, and I think look, Trevor Simeon's going to throw picks like he did last last week, and he's going to have errors, but I think you can at least get some form of offense going. And you mentioned Virgil Green, and he had you know four from four, 57 yards in the second preseason game from Virgil Green. And you mentioned his athleticism; he's a spark, spark score god as well. And now I think it uh, yeah yeah it it just it just looks a little bit better. Like I I was avoiding Demarius Thomas at his ADP, but I think because of the smell around. The Broncos' offense, now I actually think he he can actually be quite a valuable draft pick for, for you in those later rounds, especially if you go running back early um, in the first two rounds and you can land Demarius Thomas as a low-end wide receiver one. I don't think this Bronco, Broncos' offense is as bad as I thought, and I thought C.J. Anderson looked... Really healthy. He actually looked in very late season form, which is normally when he starts to get it together in, in the back end of the season. He actually looks like that now. So for me, I just think the Broncos' offense, uh, it, the 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 water, not water. I don't know. The, it's not as murky. I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of a swamp for some reason. But it's a little bit. Cl- <laughs> it's a little bit clearer now. You know, it's it's not a swamp. It's an it's a it's not a pristine lake, but it's it's somewhere in in between. So the Broncos were my first. Uh, Winner. Uh, ben, any thoughts on, on our two before jumping into your second winner?
0: Uh, yeah, since the Broncos are my team, I'll say uh, a couple things. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is just such a stud, too. I think uh, I, I agree with you on uh, Demarius Thomas. He should continue to get the targets because um, the Broncos are kind of like the Jets, uh but they just kind of don't get talked in the same breath as much they're they're really uh emmanuel sanders and demarius thomas and then i, I think i think we both talked about virgil green but yep. other than that there's not there's not that much there so yep. they both should continue to be relevant as long as the quarterback gets them the ball and uh i i i, I continue to like where emmanuel sanders is going in drafts that fifth sixth round yep. because he's just such a stud and um uh, I love Demaryius Thomas too, but you could almost make a case that Emmanuel Sanders uh, played better than him for oh, a lot of the season agree. last year. Absolutely. So, so uh, you never know. You could be getting uh, the better wide receiver on the Broncos this year. Light a couple up. rounds later, yeah. and and uh, as a Broncos fan, I just I love to hear you say that. I was watching the second preseason game. I watched Paxton Lynch, and he just he has the physical tools are just salivating. I mean, he has yeah. it all there. The rocket cannon arm. His mobility is is awesome too. Um, I, I I would like to see him sit a little bit because I'm not sure he's ready just for the NFL in general. But yes. once he gets out there, he definitely has the physical tools. So I'm excited, and, and you could very well be right about that. At least I hope you are. Yeah, Let's uh, see. Should I go to the second name now?
2: Yeah let's let's get into it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm taking a, a, a little. Under the radar approach, I guess a little bit uh, more of the Des Bryant. But my second player is Tajay Sharp. Uh, he's he's been running with the first team offense with, in Tennessee. Um, pretty much all offseason, and we all scoffed at that and kind of made our jokes and made fun of it. I know I kind of threw a joke in a Marcus Mariota article, but uh, it's not a joke anymore. After they traded DGB, uh, we know for sure now that he's going to be a starting wide receiver on the Titans, and again, that's what I'm looking for, is who's going to get that opportunity. Uh, We know that Rashard Matthews and Tajay Sharp are going to be the players on the outside, and Kendall Wright, if he ever gets healthy, is going to be the slot receiver, and again, over the weekend in the second preseason, game. Uh, it looks like they uh, kind of planned on having Mariotta feed Sharp to kind of try to get him involved, which yes. makes sense because he's a rookie. But he was making plays. He looked impressive out there. Um, and he, he also produced in college. He he had 277 catches, 3,486 yards, 16 touchdowns. On playerprofiler.com, he had a 72% college dominator rating, a, seven, uh, excuse me, a 94% breakout age, uh, so he's very interesting. Now, obviously the Titans want to run the ball. Um, uh- but their defense isn't very good. So of course they're going to want to run the ball and I'm sure they'll be successful at times. Like we saw in the first preseason game, but they're also going to be losing uh, probably a good amount. They don't project to be a very good team. And so they're going to have to throw the ball. And so sharps, an interesting guy to uh, continue to keep your eye on and a guy you can take a, a late round flyer on at the end of your draft. Obviously there's a lot of mouths to feed. I didn't even say Delaney Walker. So yeah. Uh, probably not going to be a stud in his rookie year, but again, somebody that you can take late that could uh, potentially be a, a spot starter for you, and, and who knows what happens moving forward.
1: Yep, I agree. Similar to the first, uh, my first pick, I'm going with RG3 and the Browns players as a whole. So the so the I was going to steer completely clear of all Browns players in my draft unless. You know, value yeah. presented itself. Yep. But now that RG three is kind, of, he was shaky week one, and then week two he's slowly starting to find a rhythm. Whether or not Terrell Pryor is going to be that like that kind of player every week, you know, remains to be seen. But RG three looked good six six out of um six from eight attempts and t- two touchdowns. One to Gary Barnage, who I was real I was really low on going into the season. I thought McCowan and uh, Barnage had a, a good rapport, but RG3, I was, you know, I was a bit nervous with that. I wasn't sure if um, Barnage was going to be this like the same, have the same effect with RG3 um, under center. But I think these players, I'm growing, in, I'm growing in confidence more and more and more. The offense looks kind of fun too. It does. It I,
0: does. Yeah. All of a sudden, it looks fun.
1: Yeah, and it's it's an offense that I really want to root for. Like I really, I really want to get behind them just because there's been, you know. Cleveland's just the butt of all jokes, really. So, yep. hopefully, That's hopefully right. this you know this momentum carries on into the season. I know there's still two weeks of preseason and plenty of time for RG three to lose it. But um, yeah, no, he yeah. he he was gaining yards with his legs as well, which is um, which is he still promising. can't
2: slide properly though. He, I it's so weird seeing a grown man not able to slide. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they had him working on sliding in
0: practice. I guess. How I'm do not, you I, not know? I, I, <laughs> that's a
1: good question yeah he needs to learn yeah um but then also josh gordon joe hayden was saying that josh gordon is out there and just looks like he hasn't hasn't missed a beat so it's it's all looking up in cleveland at the moment um yeah but comp- confidence is key as long as they can keep rg3 you know keep him in his mojo kind of thing yeah i think this season won't be as bad as everyone is expecting and you can get value of those players late especially if you know, people are nervous about Josh Gordon coming back and things like that. I think Josh Gordon can once again be a pretty good pickup. Yep,
2: um, I'm seem to be merging with with a lot of your guys' picks by with my answers. So you know, Ben went Virgil Green first, and I talked about the Broncos. You just talked about the Browns, and now I want to talk about Isaiah Crowell. I think um, in terms of ADP, he, he's going you know three or four rounds later than than Duke Johnson at the moment. But from what we've seen in the early Goings in this preseason, and it's hard. It, it is always tough to judge as well, given that it is preseason. But Crowell has been getting a lot more snaps than Duke than Duke Johnson, and has actually looked okay. Like he hasn't looked as bad as as I thought. Um, you know, from what I could, from what I remembered last year in seeing Isaiah Crowell. So, I, I just think he looks a lot better, and I think given his ADP now, um, similar to to what Ben was saying about possibly getting the the better Denver wide receiver later, maybe. You may, may get the better Browns running back a few rounds later. I'm, I was high on Duke Johnson, so I guess this makes Duke Johnson a little bit of a loser, or ultimately it could be a little bit of a winner because if Crowell keeps, keeps up the play, you might, you might get Duke Johnson at a pretty good value, um, if he starts to slide with his ADP, but I just, you know, you see Crowell out, um, quite early in in the piece for the Browns what was your thoughts on 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 that Duke Johnson Crowell thing Ben because I know we talked about that before we recorded a couple of days ago
0: yeah he was somebody that uh I uh I did want to talk about um I think right now it doesn't seem like his ADP is sliding at all I think he's still going in the fifth round and I I was I was also a guy that was very high on Duke Johnson early on in the offseason but kind of like you were talking about now that the Brown's offense looks like it's going to be fun with Gary Barnage and Josh Gordon coming back and Corey Coleman and Andrew Hawkins in the slot and Terrell Pryor could actually give them something. There's actually a lot of mouths to feed and the reason I was high on Duke Johnson in the first place was because it seemed like it was only going to be Gary Barnage and Corey Coleman and uh, I believe uh, Duke Johnson had 60 plus catches as a rookie and I thought well, he's gonna he's gonna have even more this year, and so especially in PPR leagues, I was interested. But we know he's gonna share carries with Crowell, like you just said. He's gonna share playing time at least. Yeah. Um, and now with uh, l- more mouths to feed in that offense than we initially thought, I think this is a guy whose ADP probably should start sliding a little bit, but it hasn't. And so if I have to take him in the fifth round uh, to own him at this point, I'm probably not going to own
2: him. Yeah, me neither. And uh, and I I just think most of Duke Johnson's value was going to come on you know third down in in terms of passing in terms of PPR. that was where his value lied and I mentioned Crowell obviously week one wasn't a good week for him in the preseason but week two he just had some cuts there on some players that I really liked and that he looked quite he, he looked quite good and I think that he he might be not too good to keep off the field but not so awful that they have to just pick Duke Johnson and go with Duke Johnson so I think Crowell will still have um, you know carries and, and work on early downs for the Browns moving forward. I might start with our, our third pick and we'll, we'll do a reverse snake order, just get the fantasy going. Um, yeah. mine's, mine's I changed mine after some news today. Obviously, we talked about it at the top of the show, Josh, the Vontae Davis um, news regarding the Colts. Uh, the Colts' defense is trash. It's so bad. I'm a Colts fan and it's killing me. Vontae Davis was clearly our best player on defense. And now, with him gone, that just opens up teams to to really you know, put up the score on the Colts. So, I, look, I think this bodes well for the Colts' passing game. I think now you have to look at T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief, Dwayne Allen, even Philip Dorsett a little bit better um, because you know that Andrew Luck's going to have to drop back and throw the ball like 50, maybe 60 times a game because they're going to have to score 40 points to win games. It's, it's ridiculous. You think after all these years of having to do that with Peyton Manning, the Colts would learn and actually help, their quarterback out, but they don't seem to do it. So, for me, I think now with that, we, we, you're expecting an increase in that passing game. I really like T.Y. Hilton at his ADP right now. I think he's undervalued. Depends on what platform you play at as well. He like He's really undervalued on ESP, ESPN ADP. It's it's ridiculous. But other leagues, I think he's appropriately valued. But I really, if, if I don't come away with T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief in a draft, I'm not happy. Like I, I target at least one of them because I want a piece of that, that passing game, because I know it's going to be prolific. Good to know. Yeah, I know. Good to I, know. I don't like, me and Woo, I don't like discussing this, because um, me and Wood draft, and we always end up next to each other for some reason, so he
1: always nabs my picks.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you guys are in plenty of drafts together, yeah. Yes, yeah, we, yeah. we are.
1: <laughs> okay, um, yeah, my, my uh, last winner, I'm going with... I, I wrote James White and LeGarrette Blount, but I feel it's um, it's more beneficial um, beneficial. I yep. shouldn't say beneficial. It's not nice. Dion Lewis... Um, Missing 8 to 10 weeks, apparently. 8 to 10 weeks with uh, a second knee surgery. So, um, yeah, James, James White appears to be... Um, more how, how am I wording this? The bigger Is, winner, the bigger winner. Yeah, we'll go with bigger winner. That's pathetic, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, it's like your mate got hurt. Yay for you. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's horrible, but it's the nature of fantasy. Yeah, but I mean, That's the nature. J- James White, in um, I think he's a he's a good um, running back to target, especially in PPR. In in the Pats' last nine games, including the p- playoffs, he averaged six point nine targets, four point three receptions. And 54.2 total yards and six touchdowns. So if you like, you throw that into a 16-game projection, and you'd have almost 70 catches and almost 870 yards. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Dion Lewis will come back, etc. But you know, he's he's definitely a good late um, running back to target, especially if you're going with you know the the zero RB strategy, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Blount, he's he's a good. I think he's a good number three fantasy running back kind of thing. He's he's a safe option. Yep. But I'm I'm still not you know running in to grab him kind of thing. But I think James White is a really good, exciting, under the radar kind of prospect. Belichick and running backs though, we know it's it's very hard to predict. We no idea. He's probably got you know another ace up his sleeve, and he's going to go with a completely different running back. But at the at the moment, Blount and White look like a decent one-two punch. And yeah, I, I think I'll be. White is definitely a player that's going to be on my radar. Yeah,
2: I've grabbed him in a few NFL 10s. You mentioned Blount. I think he'd be a better DFS player. Like, I, oh, look at the Vegas Lions on a given week, and if the Patriots are like a double-digit favorite in a game, I think you can see him getting a lot of just carries just to just to run out the clock, run out the last couple of quarters and keep, keep their other players fresh and off the field. So I, I think Blount is a winner in terms of that, in that regard. Yeah.
0: I totally agree with that too, and uh, I think that's definitely a, a place where you can get uh, an advantage in DFS. Because whereas a lot of guys are like, "Oh, I'm not dealing with the Patriots backfield at all. It's it's too crazy." If you if you kind of look at at the Vegas line and you kind of Project if they're going to blow a team out or not, and obviously you know it's kind of tough to predict that. But if you can, then we kind of know if it's going to be a James White or Legarrette Blunt week. So uh, I agree with that, and and White is definitely a guy I'm going to be looking at in DFS early on, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo, because we've already seen it in the preseason, the first couple weeks, a lot of screen passes to James White, and yep. we know we're, we know they're going to kind of keep the kid gloves on, especially week one at Arizona. You could see a lot of catches for James White, so that's something i'm interested in and i love that you brought up the colts passing offense obviously love it but uh we kind of have the um people talking about dante moncrief might leave the team and leave the team in catches and and i love dante moncrief too but i'm a ty hilton guy all day (laughs) love ty hilton and and would rather uh own him even with kind of the two round difference if i had to choose one so i like that you i I love those and uh the last guy i want to talk about is tyler boyd i'm kind of Uh, going with a a rookie wide receiver theme here. Uh, (laughs) Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu are obviously gone, which is one of the reasons why I love AJ Green this year, but he's not the only guy there. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Tyler Eifert's going to miss the beginning of the season. It almost sounds like a lock. There's been uh, whispers that he might start on the pup list, uh, but at least miss the first couple games. And then you have Brandon LaFell, who has a torn ligament in his hand. It sounds like he's not going to miss any time, but that's still not a positive sign um and i i liked what i saw from tyler Boyd uh, in the three games i watched uh on draft breakdown in college he had an 83 percentile college dominator rating and a 92 percentile breakout age on player profiler himself uh and he's also looked good in the preseason he had a, a deep ball over the shoulder catch in week one yep. and then last week he he caught a touchdown and then i don't know if you guys saw it but the catch he had, like sliding to the ground to get it on the sideline, was very impressive. Yeah. And a- another another guy that they absolutely need. He's going to have to start week one. They don't have anybody else there. Um, he's going to be important piece of their team. And uh, another guy, kind of like I said, with a Sharp, that you can target pretty late, grab him and and see what happens.
2: Absolutely agree. And it's weird because Tyler Boyd. Wasn't the most sort of loved guy on draft Twitter, but now he's, he's one of the most important rookie wide receivers in terms of to his team. I, I absolutely agree with you. All right. Look, uh,
0: yeah, opportunity. Every, it's all about opportunity. Obviously.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we start us off with your uh, first loser. <laughs> My first loser is DeMarco Murray. Wow. Dem- <laughs> you, um, an ex-Eagle. I'm shocked. What? Nah. <laughs> no, I know not so Demarco Murray's been playing well but it's more it's more the presence of Derrick Henry it's, it's God not, he's looked amazing it, he has and it's it looks so good i thought it was originally i it was originally going to be kind of you know uh, a one two punch but more like a 70 30 split i was looking at but the more and more it goes into the preseason even though Demarco Murray's not doing anything wrong and he's not playing badly derrick henry's just looking so good and oh. i don't think Tennessee can Afford not to have him on the field, I mm. think, and then easily by the end of the year you see Derrick Henry just taking over, taking over, being the the bell cow. And this, j- it's, I mean, it's what a fall from grace for Demarco Murray. Oh,
2: it's it's rough because he looks pretty good, but it's yes. just so hard to keep Derrick Henry. It's Von Miller that can run fast. That is what Derrick Henry is <laughs> in terms of <laughs> athletic. It's ridiculous, and he scares me. Um, like as a Colts fan, him and Mariota scare me the most long term. Yeah, and.
1: Guy, okay, sorry.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say, I totally agree. I, I I love Derek Henry at Alabama, and I still do. And he, yeah, he's just looked so good. Even if he doesn't take over, like like we said, uh, I mean, I again, I don't see how you keep him off the field. It's it's probably going to be a timeshare at some point. It doesn't sound like it's going to be to start the year, but I, again, I don't know how you keep this guy off the field.
1: Yeah, I, either do I. And I mean, with um, if Mariota and you know you know the offense gets some sort of consistency, the running backs could be a really good option in your drafts especially if um demarco murray does have a slight injury history then derrick henry can just yeah he'd exactly. be a fantasy stud yep
2: all right i'll uh i'll move on to my first loser and that's uh james starks and i'm just going to keep this really short and simple and and say that um eddie lacy's back and i and it's great and he looks good um he still looks a little bit chubby but like another couple of weeks of preseason conditioning and training camp i think he's 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 away and he'll be he'll be at a good weight I think to start the year and he, I think... he
1: wouldn't be Eddie Lacy if he didn't have a little yeah he's got to have enough. a little bit of chubs um, <laughs> it's good
2: and um, I I'm I'm happy that Eddie Lacy is back and and looking really good and uh, that's all I want to say so look any value that James Starks had at all is now probably diminished he's purely a handcuff if you believe in handcuffing so that that that's pretty much all I have to say with my first loser I'll uh, move on to Ben I think he has a controversial loser here
1: yeah here we go. Yeah, this is
0: kind of a big name. Uh, I got Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, Ezekiel Elliott's a guy I've been bullish on ever since they, the Cowboys drafted him fourth overall. Now, I've kind of been a, a draft wide receivers and the first-round guy all offseason, but if I was going to go running back, uh, Ezekiel Elliott might be that guy. I actually paid up for him in an auction draft just because I didn't have any shares of him yet. Um Because it it seems like he stepped into the perfect situation. Romo and Dez look great, like we already talked about. Best offensive line in football. And again, they took him with the fourth overall pick, so they have to run him into the ground, right? Well... i I, i'm starting to temper expectations just a little bit we saw alfred morris look really good in preseason week two and and i you don't want to take too much uh from that at all but it's just a reminder that he's there and he is a guy that they did sign in the offseason we know darren mcfadden is going to come back at some point i'm not sure when but he will be back he did have over 1400 yards last year and on top of that uh this completely shocked me today. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Lance Dunbar is off the pup list. Yeah. Yeah, he resumed practicing today. This is a guy that apparently tore his ACL and his patellar tendon. So I, as soon as I heard that, I pretty much expected him to be uh, not play this year or be a completely non-factor. So it's just something to watch because he's a guy that I'll believe he's going to contribute when I see it, but he's kind of a, a theoretic-type player yeah. if he is healthy and on the field. and so if he's taking some of that passing down work from Zeke and uh, Alfred Morris and McFadden get a little uh, a couple of carries here and there, then I think maybe – Whereas I was thinking of Elliot as pretty much like a, a lock first round pick, even if it was at the end of the first round, uh, he kind of might kind of seems like maybe a second round pick to me now. So um, just, just something to keep in mind with, with all the guys there, but obviously he's going to play in the third preseason game. He'll probably look really good. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault anybody for taking him because again, it is that it does seem to be that perfect situation, but just a reminder that those other guys are there and um, could potentially see some playing time.
2: Yeah. And you got to think as well, like obviously the the carries amounts as well. Like if, if Morris is there and playing well, then you you want to, you don't want to give your rookie running back, you know, so, so many touches that you burn him into the ground, like they did with DeMarco Murray. So yeah, I kind of agree. (laughs) I kind of agree with you. I think, you know, where his ADP is, maybe you're right. He is probably a loser from the preseason because now, like, I think you should probably wait just a little bit longer to to nab him. Uh, who's
1: your uh, second loser? Uh, second and final loser is uh, Sammy Coates. So, with Martavius Bryant done done for the year and... Uh, so sad. Sad. Um, Ladarius so sad. And Ladarius Green, you know, suffering from headaches and, you know, not wanting to talk about retirement and things like that, just... A lot of uh a cloud around that situation. But yep. Sammy Coates had he had the first opportunity to go and secure that slot position which, you know, especially in PPR leagues would have a lot of yep. um, potential, a lot of upside. Um but in Eli offense, yeah. but Eli Rogers has um come into the into the fold and when when you lose seventeen uh zero to the Philadelphia Eagles and when they asked they asked coach, you know, was there any positives to take away from the game? And the only thing he mentions is Eli Rogers. That doesn't bode well for Sammy Coates. So I think there was, you know, there was a real um, opportunity there for Sammy Coates, which looks like it's slipping away. Especially because Eli Rogers has just been playing yep. so and well.
2: Sammy Coates' hands were always an issue, and two fumbles in two fumbles in one game. That's that's not going to alleviate the uh, concerns about the hands.
1: No. <sighs>
2: <laughs> Big sigh from you. You just. <laughs> I think Eli Rogers has the perfect name for football, too. You've got got Eli, you know, Eli Manning in there, a bit of Rogers in there. You've got the perfect blend of names there to be a a good guy in the NFL. That's not anything fantasy-wise, but I just think that's a great name, and um, that that carries with it value, in my opinion. I like that.
0: (laughs) I like that. That That should give me a a couple extra points right there, right? Yep,
2: exactly. All right, I'll, uh, I'll give my last loser before we hand it over to Ben to finish up our segment. Uh mine's just the Ravens running backs. Like I just don't know it's still a mess. Like the pitcher is not cl- clear at all. Um we thought it might have been um after week one and then Justin Forsett comes back and then Kenneth Dixon kinda looks pretty good and then actually Terrence West has looked good. I just don't know what what to do. I, I think um I think they're gonna have an important role, but I just don't know who who I would target at this point. Maybe the third preseason game is is where that pitcher might become a little bit clearer but I'm just not I'm just not uh, I'm just not as you can tell from from me just stuttering here I I don't really know (laughs) where where to go with this Ravens running backs there's so many of them and there's so many skill position players and none of them are really like elite there's no one there that stands out that you have to pick based on the talent Um, obviously Kenneth Dixon's probably the most talented but um, obviously a rookie and, and they have others there so and obviously Forsett if he does play like he did two, you know, not last season the season before, then obviously he should be the starter, but, you know, that's two years removed he's, he is older, he's in his 30s it is hard to pick, so, I uh, look I probably would just prefer to roll with West given his ADP, but given the way he's played that, that might creep up and there might be a An instance now where eventually in your drafts someone else might be that value. But for me, like, I just, I I want to avoid that situation. I think they're going to be behind in games a lot as well because their defense, look, I know they added Eric Weddle and things like that, but I'm still worried about their defense. They've got a lot of old players coming off injury. So I'm just not really sure what the approach is to running backs. How are you approaching it, Ben?
0: Yeah, it's it was already a credit backfield before Terrence West is is now trying to become a thing. So I I, I completely agree with you. Um, I will say if I am targeting one, it's going to be Buck Allen. I have a couple shares of him in MFL 10s. And yep. uh, just his ADP seems to be reasonable. And we know Tressman loves to throw to the running backs. We saw... Uh, last year against Miami Buck Allen just go off because he caught so many passes out of the backfield and I think he's he's going to start the year in that role again we'll see uh Kenneth Dixon could very well um, come up and t- take some of those opportunities. Cause like you said, he's extremely talented, but Buck Allen interests me. But again, with, with four guys there, it's, it, it's pretty tough to, to spend a draft pick on one of them because again, it's all about opportunity and playing time, but we just really don't know how it's going to shake out right now. So yep. Yep. Uh, I like that one. Um, and then sticking with my wide receiver rookie theme, uh, I'm going to yep. go with Laquan Treadwell here as a loser. Uh, Laquan Treadwell is a guy I, I really like and um, was pretty bullish Actually, when he got drafted to the Vikings, because I I thought he was going to be the number one wide receiver. I thought uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. And I I thought that his game, uh, you know, he doesn't like to throw deep a ton. He likes to throw that mid-range game. I thought that was going to fit just perfectly with the Quan Treadwell because he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's a technician. He knows how to get open and he's a big body. So I was pretty bullish on it. But um, definitely uh, falling back on that now, it seems like Stephon Diggs is the clear number one in Minnesota. Um, there's been nothing but high, high praise from the team, the coaches, the beat writers for Stephon Diggs all offseason. Um and, again, watching the preseason, we can take away uh, some snap counts and stuff like that. Treadwell has not played with the ones in the first two games as far as I know. It's been Charles Johnson, and Charles Johnson is a guy that we all wrote off, but I liked him last year. He was a guy that I kind of targeted in, like, the middle rounds. Um, so and Mike. I liked him at the – yeah, 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 okay. Nice nice to have you guys on board. Uh, <laughs> I like I- – I liked him at the end of 2014 and he just didn't do anything last year. And it was so disappointing, but you know, you find out that he broke some ribs and apparently it bothered him for I don't know, about six weeks, half the year, something like that. Yep. And, and so, uh, you know, that just adds to the picture. And now we see him running with the ones and catching a touchdown from Bridgewater in, in week one of the preseason. So, um, if he's going to start, then Treadwell is really not going to see the field because again, you got Diggs and Charles Johnson and then, uh, In in the slot, you got Jarius Wright, who signed uh, an extension with the Vikings before last year, and he's been hurt, but they've had Adam Thielen playing in the slot and playing good in preseason. So for Laquan Treadwell to be a factor, he's going to have to beat out Charles Johnson, and right now that's not the case. Um, I'm sure they'll get him in on some specialty packages and maybe play him in the slot a little bit, but that's not going to be enough to be fantasy-relevant, especially on a team that we know has a low-volume passing offense. So – um, if he's not going to be on the field, then he's he's a huge loser in my mind.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah. I uh, he came to mind immediately, but uh, <laughs> Ben got in first on our uh, on our <laughs> chat here and put in his <laughs> winners and losers, so I had to settle I for Ravens running back. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, Ben, thank you very, very much for joining the show. Um, we really appreciated your fantasy analysis, and I enjoy reading your work. Uh, your the one. Piece that led me to you as a preview did for the fantasy footballers on the afc north and i really enjoyed that piece so i just wanted to let you know but where can people find you G- uh, give our audience a plug because uh, you do do a lot of good work and you you could do with some more followers yeah plug away
1: ben
0: man. man i really appreciate that and i really had fun tonight guys uh so you get uh you can find me on twitter at ben cummins ff um uh like you already said at the beginning i write for the fantasyfootballers.com, to quarterbacks.com. Uh, uh, playerprofiler.com I just got that Virgil Green piece uh, on there and I got a uh, Golden Tate piece uh, written for RotoViz earlier in the off season Um, that was back in May but can find it if you google why I'm driving the Golden Tate bandwagon because he is a guy that I really like this year Um, and other than that again I'm always on Twitter and uh, that's about it Uh, again I appreciate it guys I really had fun
2: Perfect. Thank you very much, Ben. And enjoy the uh, fantasy season. And we uh, we look forward to speaking with you again soon.
0: Yeah, you guys as well. Look forward to talking to you soon.
2: Thanks, Ben. Big thanks to Ben for joining us on the show. And that wraps up today's mm-hmm. episode of the Root and Why Show. Uh, we'll be back next week with multiple episodes. There's going to be a lot a lot going on. So uh, as Two. always,
1: whole podcast. <laughs> No, nah, there'll be
2: more. There's going to be a lot. We're going to be busy. It's our uh, it's our Super Bowl week, really, in in preparation for the season. So, uh, except Super Bowl week, ex- except except <laughs> Super Bowl week is Super Bowl week. That's right. That's Sorry, great. my bad. I apologize. Um, hopefully, there's a quote in there for Adam. He enjoyed your um, he's our now quote woot and quote guy on Twitter. He will quote. He'll tweet his favorite quote from the episode. So last week it was when you said, "My wife put it in my mouth," talking about. Um, Peyton Manning and HGH uh, so hopefully we've got something in here that he can use I don't know if it was as funny as last week's episode because um, we had to power through a lot of injury
1: news and it's never really good I stuff I like that I won about. the quote of the week yeah it's a win you're I on the re- board I'm really enjoying this
2: actually that could be a burger bet most quotes of the week each week Ooh. so you're all you're no, up- each week wait should we do it monthly? No, yeah, sorry, for the year. Sorry, like, you're on one already. So, right, quote right. of the week, if I get it, then it's one. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Wait, blah. be
1: honest, just if I'm five up, don't just throw one wise way or the vice versa. Don't, 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 don't give charity quotes out. We don't, no, don't want no charity we quotes. We don't want no pity, yeah. pity quote. We don't want no
2: points. pity quote. Co- well, <laughs> pity coats. What do I even say? Did our start on a Actually, Look that at could your be pretty a, coat. That could be a new nickname for um semi coats. Pity coats. Nope. <laughs> How about that quote of the week, Adam? Yeah. Woo.
1: He just is a, he's on minus one. <laughs>
2: I'm right. on yeah, I lose a point for that. Yeah. God, it sounds like America all over oh, again. Where, uh, no,
1: no. <laughs> what
2: was it? The five of us every time we made a joke, we if tallied you, if it. If
1: you had a good call, you'd get a point. If you had a bad call, you'd lose one. You'd lose you'd lose a point and you'd also hear a sound effect. Whoop, yeah. Which Mr. Y I got the most. Over, he was he didn't he was not in the positive at all. No.
2: But our, our mate Weeksy, though, um you'd hear him twice a day, but just would just hit points. Just, mate. Jokes per point ratio through the roof for weeks. He just one of the most efficient jokers we've
1: ever seen. He is. <laughs> and you don't hear from him for months and months and months. You're then, with him for five minutes. He'll zinger. say one random little thing zinger. and you'll be in stitches.
2: You're, uh, you'd are you be oh! cacking yourself. Oh! All right, that's the show. You can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Woot and Y. You can follow me on Twitter at
1: JYNFL. Myself at Woot, E-T-C. Yep, and you can Root, et you
2: can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Wushka now we're on Wushka, Facebook we have got a Facebook player now you can listen on Facebook so please check that out and give it a like and give it a share that's an easy
1: way.